Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Hello, welcome back to the FPL Masterclass. I'm Haydar Rabani and I'm joined by Rob Blanchett. Again, again, we're here for game week three. So, Rob, welcome back. I've had an absolute shocker, I'll be honest with you. I'm sitting very, very low down in pretty much every single league. I had an absolute blank last week. I went Salah and I went Bruno, I went Captain Bruno. I mean, I think I need my defence performance, to be honest. Simakas, you know, Shaw got a couple of bonus points as well. And you had Kufal, but it was a really bad week. None of my strikers performed apart from Danny Ings. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit... I, I need to make changes. So that's why we're here. But how are you doing? How are you feeling after the last game week? I'm good, mate. Thank you very much. Um, yes, one of the reasons why we wanted to do this show is to show the differential, especially with FPL. So after game week one, it was very easy to just say it's going to be a Bruno and Salah year, isn't it? But what we saw last week is that FPL doesn't conform to those things and you do have to do a lot of chopping and changing. You can stick with your favourite players and they might deliver, but as you've just seen there in the, in the last week, that Bruno had that terrible week. Um, and the way we've tried to design my team and the team that we're using here for, for our show is to just spread it across a little bit, but also still using the premium players, but targeting certain matches, certain game weeks to try and find a formula to get those point totals. You know, like I said, obviously, in the first few weeks, 60 points a week, that's the aim. If you get 60 points, you've done your job. So first two weeks, this team has got over 60 points both times. I think it's 145 points in two weeks. And that's about right. It's about mid-table in most people's eyes. Some people have started off very hot. But it's about the long run. It is a marathon. Yeah, absolutely. You're looking at Callum sitting uh, in 189,000th and top 189,000, which is really good. Um, Shearshar's done really well. He had 85 and then he got 77 in the recent game week. And, and that's, a, that's how I'm sort of thinking, Rob. You know, for me, it is about getting that 60 points. Before we go into that, though, let's talk about the Champions League draw quickly. And I've got it up here in front of me. Um, I think it's important to have a discussion about this just because, you know, some some really interesting matchups here. We'll start with Group A, and you've got City and PSG. You can't make this up, Rob. Sometimes I sit here and I think, is it is it fixed? I'm not <laughs> even kidding you. Is it fixed? Because, I mean, it's great to see City get a difficult group, but it's just it's puzzling to see that PSG and City, Ronaldo and, and Messi. I don't want to talk about Ronaldo. It's, it's it's made me feel it's made me feel a bit disappointed today. Uh, you've got Leipzig and you've got Bruges. Group B, you've got Liverpool, Atletico, Porto, and Milan. That could be considered maybe the group of death. Group C, Sporting, Dortmund, Ajax, and Besiktas. That's a nice one for Dortmund there. 
Uh, group D, Inter, Real, Shakhtar, and Sheriff. And then you've got Group E, Bayern, Barcelona, Benfica, Dinamo, Kiev. And then Group F, this is one we're really interested in, Rob, to be honest with you. Villarreal, Manchester United, Atalanta, Young Boys. Manchester United will be very pleased with that, in my opinion. Uh, they never make anything easy. Group G, Lille, Sevilla, Salzburg, and Wolfsburg. And then Group H, Chelsea, Juve, Zenit, and Malmo. So just give me your thoughts initially on what you think of those, uh, some of those groups. Yeah, very interesting draws. Obviously, the whole City and PSG tie-in is the story of, of the group stage. It will be hugely, obviously, covered with Messi going there and with Pep and everything that goes with it. Will Cristiano Ronaldo be at Manchester City? I know that's been talked about a lot in the last two or three days, but the actual truth is that there's been there's not been loads of progress on it where we know people have talked about it like it's happening tomorrow. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, a good draw also for United. I think that getting through this group stage is vital, obviously in terms of the project, taking United to the next level, finding a way to, to be competitive in the biggest competitions. Uh, we've seen, obviously, the first weeks of the Premier League of United, a brilliant first week and a kind of mediocre second week. Uh, and we want to see that change. But the Champions League will give United an opportunity of a huge trophy. They've just got to stay in it this time. I think even though we got to Europa League final last year, I will say, you know, I'm not that interested in Europa League one way or the other. I'm interested in the Champions League and I really want to see Manchester United make a, a good fist of that this season. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the key for me. I, you know, I look at this and I'm not interested in turning around and saying, you know, um, any excuses here, to be honest with you. I look at it and I think Atalanta could be a banana skin. There is a comment here saying, you know, it could mm -hmm. be a banana skin. They're a really well-dual side, really good attacking side. But actually, I think it might play into Manchester United's um, hands a little bit because, you know, they are a very attacking side. And if United mm -hmm. want to play current attacking football, they can really rip them apart. I know Liverpool did that last season, I believe. And, uh, you know, we've seen United do that to teams like Leeds as well. Um, but uh, quickly, let's just touch on Ronaldo. It's, you know, it, for me... You shouldn't get too attached to players and things like that. But for me, you know, when I grew up, he was the player. He was the one for Manchester United. You know, I was eight years old when he joined Manchester United. And, you know, he gave so many fantastic memories. And uh, our last Champions League win was with Ronaldo, obviously, at the centre of it. And uh, for me, it's, it's really disappointing. So you said it's not close. We're seeing a lot of reports saying otherwise. I mean, what have you heard on that respect? Um, it's more what people are doing is they're trying to make a transfer happened through logic. Yeah. So the, the transfers are often not based on logic. They're kind of based on need. And maybe sometimes there's a fundamental um, element to sort a player leaving one club and joining another. So let's look at it like this. Cristiano Ronaldo has asked Juventus to leave. That's the first point. He'd like to leave. Juventus would like Cristiano Ronaldo to leave. So that tells you that there's a deal to be had. Now, the £25 million pound that Juventus want most clubs don't want to pay for someone of that age and also with that wage. So City need a striker. So the world have put two and two together and made six. They've also talked about Mendes kind of brokering the deal, trying to obviously get uh, being part of maybe the Mbappe move to Real Madrid and, and kind of brokering all of these different deals, you know, like the, the puppet master with the string uh, across world football. Do I think that Cristiano Ronaldo is definitely going to go to Manchester City? Well, no, I don't, because the rumblings that we normally hear from agents and sources close to players and all of these are not present at the moment. They're just not. It is more paper talk than anything. Now, I've heard two or three what I would call credible journalists speak about it in um, a progressive light in terms of Manchester City. What I will say is this, that those journalists themselves are connected to Manchester City. Um, so make of that what you will. It's either that they know that there's something going on there or we're playing a little bit of a PR game with the clubs that we work with. So I'm not 100% sure. Um, Ronaldo going to Manchester City makes sense for him if he wants to win the Champions League, if he wants to win the Premier League. If he wants to destroy his Manchester United legacy that goes with it, then so be it, Hayda. Like, like you just said there, you were eight years old. You know, I'm a little bit older than you. I was there when Cristiano made his debut. You know, I remember when he came to the football club. You know, I'm in stands as a grown man. Um he did great for us. You know, he was a great player. He will always be remembered as that. If he wants to burn all of that, so be it. 
well done, mate. Take it, take your money, spend your two years at City. And like Peter Schmeichel, there's a lot of United fans that still don't forget. So Andy I said, said another one, Rob. Well, you said it's about Andy Cole, and we talked about obviously Carlos Tevez before. I said Carlos Tevez the other day because he was auctioning off this. one of his shirts, and, and I and I said, and, and I kind of made a, a flippant comment on it, saying that he is a uh, you know you know what he did at Manchester United in that spell that he was with us, and I, he was probably my favorite player around same. that time. Same, yeah. same, same. I, I was yeah, devastated I when he went, Rob. I, I wasn't alone. I remember the day he left, the final game of the season, and I remember thinking, do I buy a Tevez shirt today? And I never think stuff like that. So I was really upset with that. I kind of thought, yeah, I knew he was going to go to Man City at that point. Um, and it was nice to see him back in his United shirt because I think all these years later, you can kind of go, well, he, he spent a couple of good years at City, but really his whole story isn't about Manchester City. I think we look at Cristiano Ronaldo because his story is effectively United and Real Madrid. If he wants to burn half of that legacy, go ahead, burn it. It doesn't matter because football's about moving forward. It's not about nostalgia. It's not about the past. Yeah, It's about what happens next year, this year, the next game. You know, I will be happy to see Cristiano Ronaldo in a Manchester City shirt if we go and buy Haaland. Happy. No problem. Because Cristiano was with us during a successful period. That's now been kind of consigned to history. That's how it goes. And we look forward. We look to this season and we look to next. And that's how football fans, I think, should be. If we get too caught up on the nostalgia point of it and, you know, our heroes always letting us down in football, which they do, it's just what it is, it's fine. You can get your Cantonars and you can get your Robsons and they're my two favourite United players of all time. But Cristiano doesn't even fit in that category at but, all. But here's a point. So, okay, so you mentioned Cantona, Robson, obviously, when you were younger. I mean, there's a point yeah. here saying, you know, Showing to enjoy football. Think of it this way. So think of it like for me. So obviously I'm I'm younger than you, Rob. So for me it was Cristiano. It was when Beckham left. I was devastated. He's a Beckham Beckham and Ruben. This story were my two favorite players. When Beckham mm -hmm. Ronaldo came in, I was very young, eight years old, and obviously through my to to my early teens, you know, mid teens, Ronaldo left. I mean, if you were in that situation, you know, when you saw Robson go to Liverpool, you know, or you saw Cantona go to Arsenal. I mean, you'd probably feel the same, wouldn't you? Because when you're younger and you're, so there's a lot of there's a lot of generations of Man United fans who are so like they've been they've grown up on Ronaldo and Manchester United, what he, him and Fergie built, and Tevez and Rooney. It's difficult to separate the, you know, the sort of the the level head from from I guess the nostalgia and 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 the heartstrings really. Yeah, and and that's that's the whole point of it is you know like you just said there Robson going to Liverpool that would never have happened Cantona going to one of our rivals was never going to happen he retired at Manchester United so now in historical terms we can look at those players and place them where we want to place them let's be honest Cristiano Ronaldo was itching to get out of Manchester United he got out of Manchester United after doing a deal with the club it was a record fee at the time and he's gone on and had this stellar career with Real Madrid so to us as United fans his name still gets sung at Old Trafford He's going to be remembered as a hero, but it shows, and I say this all the time about football being a business, is that Cristiano Ronaldo is not bothered about those things. But I will just say one more thing on it, because we'll, we'll end the Cristiano talk, is that Cristiano Ronaldo has ex expressed no desire to play for Manchester City. What people are saying about this is that they're putting two and two together, as I said, and making a deal up. Now, that deal could happen because it does make sense, but... At the same time, it makes just as much sense of him staying at Juventus. If Juventus just pulled a trigger and maybe negotiate a, a different deal with him, uh, he could stay there. He could go to another club. You know, I think eventually his his destiny is the MLS. So I think that you could see him. He's, he, he loves Miami as a city. So I can see him possibly going and playing for Beckham's fran franchise over there. So these things, I think, are more likely to happen. But in the immediacy, you know, people are talking about the next week or so. And United fans have turned into like nervous wrecks hater because they think they're going to see you know Ronaldo in a, in a City shirt let him wear it take that shirt go and do it and then we'll take you on and I, I feel like that I feel buoyant I'm like I'm higher on Sancho and Varane than I am lower on Ronaldo you know I, lo I look at that I think United should also be exploring the chance of maybe getting Ronaldo for a year or two yeah, I think yeah, he's I still I think he's still worth it and I think he fits United system but he fits uh, City system but wouldn't it even be better if he went to City and failed 
Wouldn't that be delightful? Yeah. He goes to City and we win the title. These these things do happen. So, you know, I don't look at it at the start of the season feeling like that. I might feel different if he goes to City and has a stellar two years, wins the Champions League and all of that. But I'll tell you what, he's not LeBron James. Yeah. He's not in that class at the moment anymore. He still scores goals, but he's not really the kind of, he's not the alpha male anymore. And neither is Lionel Messi. That's why their club's have said goodbye to them because if they were they would have found ways to keep them you know even though these clubs haven't got the cash like they once did so not too worried about Cristiano Ronaldo but hey he will be mentioned on this show on the FPL Masterclass if he ends up at Manchester City uh, we'll just have to see what his price will be for FPL I can't I can't do that wrong anyway we're gonna we're gonna park the Ronaldo chat guys so look, <laughs> thanks for all your comments we're gonna start talking about FPL so uh, do please stay and get your questions in and your comments you want to know how well you guys did um, so we're going to start, Rob, with Kings of Game Week 2. So yeah. we've got a lovely little graphic here from Hass, the, the, the producer of the show. So let's just go through it. So we saw Loris. I mean, Spurs have won two from two now, haven't they? So you've got Loris with 11 points. Reese James was absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, he got a goal. I believe he got the assist for Lukaku, you know, the, the top performer of the week. Tyron Mings as well is in there. Duffy got the goal for Brighton. We had Laporte as well getting on the score sheet and he got a clean sheet, I believe. Trent um, seems to be hitting some form. We did speak about him last week. Ben Rama has been a really nice differential, which has been fantastic. You've got Greenwood again with a goal. I'm really tempted to bring Mason in this week. You've got Click as well with nine points. Nina Antonio as well. I mean, I was thinking, should I bring Antonio in or not? I didn't bring him in and he's absolutely firing. He's now West Ham's top scorer. And then you've got Gabriel Jesus as well with a goal. So looking at Team Rob, what sticks out to you? I mean, there was a lot of high-scoring defenders. Look at that. There's five defenders in there. Um, and it seems that the, the wingbacks are getting, or the fullbacks are getting points this season so far. Of course, fullbacks are one of the real valuable assets in FPL because they get forward, they get assists, and obviously they get clean sheets as well. And I think when you look at this team, like I think after now two weeks going into game week three, you start to see the patterns as to not just the form book, but just players that, that maybe have true value. So like you just said there with Mason, you know, still obviously classified as a midfielder in FPL, which I still think it's a bit weird, you know, in the sense that he does play right on the forward line for Manchester United. He's a goal scorer, um, not necessarily more of a midfielder. But when you look at players like, say, Trent, and we talked about Trent last week, didn't we, and had a little bit of a kind of disagreement in the sense of like, you were like, I wouldn't touch Trent. And I was like, well, it depends what he's doing. I think when you look at Liverpool's form, Trent now becomes a kind of premium prospect. Is he the kind of player that you want to pay the money for? Now, we're going to answer that more when we look at game week three and what, what our tips are in terms of maybe purchasing. But yeah, you look at that. Antonio, again, another season of great form, straight into it, 16 points. Gabriel Jesus kind of now moving away from the number nine role and looks like he'll play a wide role for Manchester City this year. That suits him. He'll get goals and assists from wide. Yeah, and when you look at that kind of uh, in the defenders thing, McDuffie, a four million pound defender at Brighton, I think that's a clean sheet and a goal for him now yeah. in the first two weeks. There are players in this league in that four to five million pound range that if you manipulate it enough, you will squeeze the points out of them. And you don't always have to go big. You know, it's another thing I say about getting that 60-point mark every week is that it's you can be obsessed with Bruno and obsessed with Salah and stick with them and then have just a bit players around them. But as long as your bit players are actually playing, are actually starting games, giving you actual value. And I think when you look at that list there, look at Laporta, you know, someone who... who People thought might have left Manchester City by now. Thought it might might have been sold. You know there are there is true value there. James at Chelsea, another player where he might get plenty more starts this year as a wing back simply because of how Chelsea have purchased and they're looking to obviously feed Lukaku. So you'll find that James being a progressive, he'll just play more games this season. Yeah, James is a key one for me. If if uh, Chelsea are going to play three at the back and he's going to play as a full uh, a wing back, sorry, then I think he's uh, he's a really good option. We have Rob actually got the number one um, player in the FPL Masterclass League in the house, so he's sitting in number one of the league. So congratulations, doing well at the moment. And we've got the United Way saying here, Rob triple captain Salah. To be honest, I did have a little chuckle when I saw that. Rob, I'll be. I'm going to talk about that. Do you want to talk about what should we talk about it now? And I'll get the I'll get the yeah. graphic up. Okay, you can, I think my team, did you stick the team up? Have you got that graphic? Yeah, it's available. Here we go. So I decided to triple cap Captain Salah 
And I thought about it for quite a long time. And the reason why I did it was you looked at the fixture, you looked at kind of the game week in terms of what Salah does in the early game weeks for Liverpool. And it was a bit of a gamble. But I'm still happy I played the triple captain. And people say, well, that's ridiculous because if you play triple captain, you want 50 points out of your, out of your, out of your skipper. Looking at the game week, I think I got 67, 68 points or 67 points I got there. Um, that Salah triple captain just gave me those kind of extra six or seven points that made it into a decent game week and what might have been a little bit more disappointment. So I'm okay with burning the triple captain because it really is a roll of the dice. You could play you could play the weakest opponent in the league with the best player and put triple captain on him and get six points, seven points, eight points. People would have been triple captain in Bruno, wouldn't they, in that in that previous game? So I'm cool with that. It's just that I think when you look at it and you look at your things like your bench boost, and I also think you're, um, when you're playing your wild card, they're much more thoughtful processes of trying to utilise maybe um, if it is a double game week. A lot of people save their triple captain for the last game week just as a... As, as a matter of principle, to be able to do it in the final week. I like to use it early and maybe try and steal a march, but I'm all right with it. He got nine points. I'm like, well, not the best thing ever, but better than him getting three points. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. I'm mean, just looking at your team now. I mean, look, I I had Ings. <laughs> None of my front line performed. Ian Acho, I'm just puzzled to see him on the bench. I, you know, I, I don't know what's going on there at Leicester and Leicester. Leicester got trashed, didn't they, really? Uh, I know they had the red card with Perez. But I'm looking at as well. Simic has been great value, hasn't he? Dallas as well, I've got him. Gundogan hasn't done very much for me as well. So, you know, you're looking here at your team. Um, where are you looking and thinking, right, I need to improve? Because there's a question here saying, do you bring in Lukaku? Uh, you don't have Bruno, but do you bring him in straight away now? Or is he a better option than someone like Bruno? I think when you look at it now, the Bruno leaning, which is what, especially United fans, they're going to look at Bruno Fernandes and say, I want him in my team. You've now got to kind of work out the run that United are going to be on and whether he's going to get the same opportunities that he would do against certain clubs. And then you have to compare it to the fact that Romelu Lukaku will probably score in almost every Chelsea game. Now, that might be a kind of leap of faith saying that, but Chelsea might even lose a game 4-1 and Lukaku still scores. So you have to look at it like that. Whereas when United play badly, what happens to Bruno? Bruno gets two points or one point. So it's also about your faith in the team. So if you feel that United will go on a run and will play well, then you can expect Bruno to score goals because he's got a hat-trick on on, uh, game week one against Leeds. So that makes sense. But do you bring in Lukaku now? Well, I think, have we got the game week three team there to to put up? Did we, have we got that graphic as well? Is this, uh, yeah, is this the one that you, uh, like your picks? Yes, this is it. So yeah, this would be my effectively my game week three picks using my existing squad. Now, the reason why I've, I've built this squad for this week like this is because I had two transfers, which I saved, which is what I wanted to do. And I've used zero points to get what I want. So that's my squad. And effectively, I've done that by bringing in uh, Basuma who once again started well for Brighton. Everyone loves Basuma. I think he got eight points last week, um, which I think is really yeah, good for... He got, the, for a, he got the assist and uh, he got bonus points. He got the assist and because of his mobility, you know that he's going to be in and around the box now and then. And he's also going to get man of the match awards. He's that kind of player. player. 4.5 million, I think, in that value bracket is fantastic. You know, that's a really good price. And what that allowed me to do was because I'd banked that 4 million quid, which I'd started on game week one and game week two when I talked about it, it meant that I could go get another premium player. So I've got Salah in place. If Gundogan goes off again, like you'd hope, and plays well and plays further forward, especially um, depending on what City's uh, answer is with the with their number nine, if, the, if Gundogan goes and scores goals, he's going to score. Uh, he's going to get you value at 7.4. But then... You look at the front line. Now, in years gone by, I've always said, let your strikers be cheap options because they tend not to get loads of assists. They do score goals. But when you look at the tables at the end of the season, strikers are normally, for the value that you pay, don't get you big points. That's changed this year, completely changed because you've got Lukaku at 11.5, you've got Danny Ings at 8, and you said they're Antonio now is 7.6. And as I said, every game week, those three players might score. They might score you a goal 
every game week and give you true value. So last year, people went for Bamford, yeah? And Bamford was a bit of a left-field go. I, I put Bamford in my team, and he did really well. This year, I look at the striking lineup. I don't want Bamford. He will still score goals, but when I look at the alternatives, and of course here the, the alternative here is Romelu Lukaku, it's the big premium striker to come in, then it gives you different kind of options. And I think when you look at that squad there, there's a real balance from the defence. You, you talked about Timakas uh, being 4, 4 million, 4.1 now. Uh, Timakas probably is not going to play ever again. Yeah, so he is going to be a kind of dump and stash. So I will replace him eventually, but there are players that we'll talk about who you could replace him with, but it would be a like-for-like swap. But then when you've got players like Digne, who gets assists, Cancelo kind of plays in midfield. Cresswell takes all of the set pieces at West Ham and West Ham has started well. The kind of thumbtack there is Target, who's kind of fallen out of favour very, very quickly. Yeah, he was but on the bench. He got dropped after a really bad game in the first he, game. Yeah, they didn't play well first game and, and he's kind of just been dropped for now. But I'm happy to kind of sit on him, you know, as a substitute. But then when you look at my midfield again, there's balance there. You know, Willock will probably be quite likely to score for Newcastle if they score at all. He might be one of my bench options. But it allows me to let those front three go and run wild, yeah? I'm going to captain Antonio next week, which might hurt me if Salah goes off and does what Salah does. Um but I think when you look at that, those front three now, you can you can lean on them as captains and vice captains throughout the whole season. And that's kind of what I want to do. Now, that might change. But the big question maybe in the next two, three, four, five weeks is, is there another premium player in there that you'd want to consider with, say, Bruno Fernandes? And that premium player is a guy who just said he was going to stay at his football club for the rest of the season and is the England captain. So in the early weeks, I said, don't touch Harry Kane with a barge pole because we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know he was going to play. Now it's time to start thinking about Harry Kane. So Lukaku's in there for me and, and Kane's price is like ridiculous, talking about in excess of 12 oh, million. And, so and, that, and that puts him off for me. But if he starts getting goals and assists in the way that he did last year, then there is some logic to say that you... You've, you use your wide your, your wild card. You bring in Kane. You bring in Son as a double up. You sacrifice a Manchester City player. So in this case, it might be someone like Torres. You downgrade a Torres into a four or five million pound player like a Basuma, who might then go and sit on your bench. That kind of value, and then you've got real double up potential with Tottenham. If Tottenham start playing well when Harry Kane comes into the team, when he gets assists, you can bet those assists are going to be for Son and vice versa. Son now probably won't play as the striker. That's one thing to consider. We talked about last week that he would probably be the striker if Kane went to City. Now he's going to play his previous role, but let's be honest, he still got a ton of points last year playing in a wider position. Yeah, some great points, Rob. I'm going to bring out some questions and some comments here. So there's a comment here saying it's Lukaku versus Van Dijk this week, the international break, waited out to at least the international break. I think that's referring to bringing Lukaku in. Uh, Callum saying here that I think after game week three, D Daniel Cabot-Lewin is a better option than Danny mm -hmm. Ings. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. And then one here is, a, is an interesting one. There's a question. Would you use a wild card after the international break or wait till the end of the first half of the season? So it's a really difficult one. I did the same thing as you. I didn't use a transfer last week. So I have got two free transfers. Now I am really going to play around in my team and see what I can do. I can bring in Antonio. My biggest problem here, Rob, is that I'm probably going to have to take out one of Salah or Bruno to bring in Lukaku. So the, exactly. the issue that we spoke about at the beginning, you know, and I think that's one of my issues at the moment. So I'm trying to like balance things out and I'm looking at Simicast as well. You know, and there's a, there's a question here. Why can't you sell Simicast for 4.2 when he's priced at 4.2? Can you answer that, Rob? Uh, because it's the price that you purchased him at generally. So I think that's the sale price is that if you bought him low, then you have to sell low. Um, it just means if you want to buy him, you then have to buy him at the current price. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. So I'm looking at it now and, and let's talk about Simicast in a way. So um, Livermento was very good against Manchester United. He yeah. looks a real talent. Another one, the, the, abs the Chelsea sort of, you know, machine churning out this talent. So... Is he an option for Simicast as well? Because, you know, he's he's going to play a lot for Southampton. He's progressive, you can tell. He gets forward. Um, you need to really pick up these four million, you know, four and a half million defenders because you can't be relying on Cancelos and Dinias every single week, can you? 
No, you can't. And and I think that Liveramento is really the the obvious choice for Simicas. The other player you might look at, I think Mitchell, I think he's more this year at Crystal Palace, but he started the games. I think it's 4.5. But there are plenty of players in that bracket of 4 to 4.5 where you, you can go hunting and go and find a player. We talked about Brandon Williams at the end of last week. Um, again, don't, don't really want to touch Brandon simply because he's at Norwich. Norwich ship goals for fun. And that is a problem. So even if he gets an assist, it might be completely offsetted by by Newcastle, by Norwich's like horrible defensive goals. displays. Exactly. It, it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, Brandon plays well and people might be patting him on the back and, and he still might be getting zeros. So that's a risky one. At least with uh, Simicast, you know at Liverpool you're buying into a defence that's going to get clean sheets at some point. But I do think that the time is to sell him now. Like you were just saying, no, you've got a double-up week um, with your transfers. I wouldn't be using uh, Simicast in that double-up. I would be using premium players. So like you're saying there, do I get rid of Salah? Do I get rid of Bruno? Well, you might want to keep Salah, you might want to keep Bruno, which means you might then use just one transfer to roll it, your double over to next week, see what happens with the international window. Or you might want to go all in, get rid of one, get Lukaku or get Kane and reshape your team without burning a wild card. Now, I will say use the wild card in weeks kind of four to six. Yeah, maybe four to eight, because that is when you know teams are settling down. You know who's the starters. You're not, you know who's taking set pieces. And these things do matter. You know, you need to find out. And there's always little players that come in. You said Liveramento is one, but, you know, players that you wouldn't have bought in game week one. And then you can use your wild card. And of course, you've still got your next wild card to use in the January transfer window. So there's no real fear there of messing it up too much. Now, when I look at my team, I'm not even thinking a wild card at the moment. I've got some premium defenders. I've got cre- uh, premium midfielders. And I've got the most premium attack I think I could probably buy at the moment without a Bruno Fernandes in my team. And I feel all right about that. Because if Bruno scores a hat-trick against Wolves, yeah, I'll be dead happy with that just because he scored a hat-trick for my team. But I'm also confident in what I've got there in, say, that, say that front eight when you look at the balance if I whoever I pick there maybe Basuma being on my bench I'm kind of confident that those players are going to get returned someone like Torres I think is itching for a return in the sense that he's going to play central for for City all year if they don't buy Cristiano Ronaldo if they buy Cristiano Ronaldo I'll be selling Torres like that but Torres has played really well in in the minutes that he's played he's played I think 90 minutes in both games um and and he's just been unlucky you know I think he did score in one of the games, it was offside. So he looks bright. And for 7 million quid, I don't really think you can you can get much more value out of that for a team as good as Man City. So it's just a case of balance. I think everyone needs to just kind of hold their horses. If you've got the double week transfer, don't feel the need to burn it completely if you want to stick with Bruno and if you want to stick with Salah. I mean, let, let's... Um, I just want to... It's a good question here saying, you know, any insights into players missing fixtures due to the forthcoming internationals implications for transfers? The problem with that is that even though the Premier League made this ruling about kind of red flagged countries, is that that still might change because the British government have said that they could potentially help FIFA and UEFA sort this problem out because the Premier League made this this rogue stance. Uh, I understand why the Premier League have made it, but again, I think people need to just keep their ear to the ground and just wait and see. Um, it shouldn't affect this game too much because even if they do go, you know, it's 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 still not a game week. You know, the, the, the Premier League shuts down because players have, have gone on uh, abroad. It's an international week. It's only really afterwards. That's why I always say wait till the end of the, that period when players have been away and they've come back to their clubs because that's when you hear about guys being on you know 16 hour flights and they're you know they're fit but they're not ready and then they're suddenly sat on the bench and you're wondering why that was because no one told you yeah absolutely Rob I do agree with that so let, let's um let's sort of touch more on Bruno Fernandez and uh look he's a premium player now uh, a couple of alternatives at Manchester United there's Paul Pogba five assists in you know out of United six goals I yeah. believe yeah, no, six yeah. goals. Yep, six goals, uh, yeah. which is a ridiculous return. And uh, I think the only worry for me right now is, is he going to drop back into the pivot? That's where I really hope he doesn't for Manchester United's, um, you know, sort of uh, case as well. But you've also got Jaden Sancho. Now, I actually think Jaden Sancho will start on the weekend. And I think he's, uh, he's an interesting option. He's a bit of a punt, though. So where are you sitting on both those players? I think Paul Pogba, for me, 
is a really great differential to Bruno Fernandes or an alternative. I think Jane Sancho is a little bit risky right now, but if Jane Sancho gets up and running, he could be Manchester United's most creative force in that front line. Totally. And I think those two players are really good differential alternatives if you want to pick Manchester United players in your team, if that's something you're looking at. Now, obviously, after the last performance for United, it's kind of a bit like hit or miss. However, with Paul Pogba, it's the first time a player, I think, has ever got five assists in two Premier League games, first time in history. So that in itself is is an important statistic because it shows the position he's playing this year. As you said there, Scott McTominay has um, had surgery on his groin issue. Uh, United have been trying to manage that groin issue for quite a long time. Now it goes back, I think, to last season. Uh, and they felt that it was being managed well. It's just that he kind of had a small tear again uh, in the last game. So not really a surprise that he's gone. But as you said, does Paul Pogba then now drop back into the double pivot? My thought on that is no, because Marcus Rashford's not quite fit yet. So that's maybe the alternative. And you've just said there about Jaden Sancho. I think Jaden Sancho is worth a punt. I think if you've got money to spare and you want to do something a little bit different and maybe you've had a bad first two weeks and you're looking for points, you're digging around and you're not, you don't really just want to rely on Bruno. You don't want to pay maybe that elite 11 to 12 million pound mark. You could get some really, really good value with Pogba and Sancho. And I think Sancho is going to be one of those players that once he settles, whether it be sooner or later, he will churn out points week after week after week, even when he doesn't play well. He might have a bad game and still get you an assist. He's that kind of player. That's his type of game. And I think that he will be one of the most owned players, maybe going up to Christmas. So when we go forward, keep your eye on Jaden Sancho, because if he starts like people think he will probably start, then he's going to be a really, really good option. But we saw last year, everyone waited for Donny van der Beek to come into their teams. I know lots of United play, lots of United fans picked him in their FPL teams. It didn't quite work and it never, ever happened. But I don't think you need to worry about that with Jaden Sancho. I think he will play plenty of games. Is Varane an option, Rob? I think he's an option, but not yet. So you've got to think about the upside. So with Varane, you're talking clean sheets, but can you get better value out of Luke Shaw and Wambasaka, who yep. are also going to get the clean sheet? but are also going to get assists. So th this is why fullbacks are the kings of defensive picks when you look at it. You know, lots of people never pick a centre-back in their back five, and that's the smart way to do it. Pick five fullbacks, and if you can, go and find yourself a Stuart Dallas like last year, who essentially is playing in midfield. In midfield, uh, yeah. Uh, we talked about uh, Liveramento as well, didn't we? And he is effectively playing in midfield at the moment. He's starting as, as a wing-back, but he's... He's way up the pitch. You know, he's not, he's not, you know, he's taking shots on the edge of the box. That's where he lives. So he's going to get you some extra value at four million pounds. So look for those types of players to just supplement what you're doing. And then you can, you just find that week after week, if you're hitting that 60 point total, you're getting those points from those, maybe those left field picks rather than your big premium picks. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, there's, there's a comment here saying, just joined to have Vardy captain versus Norwich. Yeah. Vardy's a bit of a strange one, isn't he? I think there, there is an element of decline, Rob, to Jamie Vardy. I think he is slowing down a bit, but he will score goals. He will have a yeah. purple patch. He always does. And it's, I think it's a really good shout. Leicester have been a little bit off the boil. Yeah, I, I avoided Leicester in my picks because they had so many defensive injuries to start off with. Now I had, I've got, I've still got um, Schmeichel as one of my goalkeepers, and I benched him for two weeks. And he actually got some really good points. I was like, ah, oh, typical. But I tried to avoid Leicester because it's there's too much uncertainty. You know, when you've got injuries at the back, that's going to affect your whole team. It's going to affect your assist from your midfield. And it's also going to affect someone like Jamie Vardy. Now, this is the week to go big on Vardy. If you want Jamie Vardy and you want him in, they're playing Norwich. You would expect that Leicester up their performance and find ways to score goals against a really bad defence. And that's the best way to hedge your bets week to week. Look forward to the teams that do ship the goals. There's always three or four teams in the Premier League every season that doesn't matter how well they play, they're going to concede. Sheffield United were the beautiful option last year because not everyone thought their defenders were going to do well like they did the year before. And if you thought that they weren't going to do as well, then you were targeting that club for your attackers. And that's kind of, I tried to do that with Sheffield United and Sheffield United got hammered every week. So, you can hold your horses a little bit. 
week four, week five, week six, you start to see the teams that really get hammered. But we know Norwich are going to probably be one of them. Yeah, absolutely. We're now going to move on to Harry, Harry Kane before we wrap up. And uh, we've got a lovely graphic here, haven't we, Rob, on Harry Kane? And uh, we're just looking at the points. So if you listen to this on audio, we have his FPL points per season. So you start off at 2012, 2013, and he had five points very early in his career. Next season, 28. But here's where he really starts to, to shine. And this is really the Pochettino days, isn't it, Rob? You know, 2014, 15, 191 points. I mean, some of these are staggering. The year later, 2015, 16, 20, 211 points. 16, 17, 224. 17, 18, 217 points and then you had a little bit of a dip still did very well 18 19 160 19 20 158 and then last season was his greatest ever one astonishing 242 points am i right in believing that bruno fernandez finished higher than um kane last season or was it kane i think bruno was number one last season for the whole yeah which is staggering so you you imagine how well bruno did but Mm -hmm. 242 points from i think the biggest thing about harry kane i'm gonna hold off on harry kane because i just need to see how he's gonna work you know it's a new manager a new sister um but I'm looking at Harry Kane. I'm looking at all the other strikers. Harry Kane, what he will give you that other strikers don't is he'll give you assists. He's, he's, a, yeah. he's a playmaker. But the question is, will mm. he do what he did last season? You know, he used to drop drop back, didn't he, under Jose? And he pick up the ball and give it to Son. Is he going to be allowed to do that with uh, with Nuno? Or is he going to be made to play you know, more off, off the shoulder, more of a traditional number nine? Uh, well, I think when, when, um, when Jose went to Tottenham, one of the big observations was that obviously Harry Kane can play as a number 10 or, or or maybe a more of a false nine and go back into those areas of creativity, you know, picking the ball up in the channels, finding players, sliding them in, letting Sun overlap. That's why we saw that huge total last year, 2-4-2. Just to kind of look at the previous two seasons where you got 160 and 158, injury seasons. So it's, it's one of those things, if Kane is fit, he's going to be in your team. If he's not fit, you're going to sell him, aren't you? So it's not too much of a risk because that's dictated to by that. But when you look at what Nuno wants to do and you look at Nuno's system, maybe at Wolves, I think you will see that he will try and replicate some of those things that we saw at Wolves. And we always did see at Wolves that the, the, the most dangerous players on the pitch were maybe the wider ones, and the striker. So we knew what Jimenez would do. Jimenez is a kind of a perennial favourite for people because even again, if Wolves were playing badly, Jimenez got chances. So yeah, he scored, yeah. He's a goal scorer. So that's kind of, you know, we talked about goal scorers at the top of the show with, with the three that I'd picked. Uh, and that's the way to look at it. I think with Harry Kane, he will play more as a number nine this year. I think the shape will be will dictate that. And I think you'll see that Spurs will utilise the wider areas more than, say, Jose did. Um, Jose playing a bit more of a kind of deeper style and a more workmanlike style. And Kane did facilitate all those things. And part of that 2-4-2 that he got last season is that he was also getting man of the match awards. So your striker doesn't always get man of the match, doesn't always get the credibility he deserves. Um, it sometimes goes to kind of more of your midfield merchants. But Harry Kane seems to do a bit of everything. Now, we know that he's staying at Spurs. We know that he's probably going to sign a new contract, which, I, again, I'd said maybe six or eight weeks ago that that was what really the destination of Harry Kane was that if Manchester City didn't want to pay 175 for him, which they never did, Spurs were not going to sell, and that meant he would get a new contract. So I think now that that is the talk and that is where Spurs are, and Spurs have started well. You know, I think the first two weeks of the season, they look defensively solid. Kane will come into that team. He will score points. He will get goals. He will get assists. There's no doubt about it. It's just whether players have got that £12 million plus to go premium on him because that's the choice. You're going to have to get rid of Salah or Bruno or ignore Lukaku. So for me, you know, I, I put it, I tweeted out earlier on, you know, is this the week to go with Harry Kane? And is this the week to go with Kane and Son? You know, completely revamp it. And the answer from me is no. Just like it was about Lukaku last week. This is the week to look at Lukaku. So even though Chelsea are playing Liverpool, I don't think Virgil van Dijk with his, let's just say, recently repaired knee is ready for Lukaku. I think Lukaku is going to run him and I think it's going to be yeah, hard. That's I, going to be a t- that. And that's going to, that's going to be a tough game for them. And it's, you know, if van Dijk looks after Lukaku, then so be it. But again, it's the, it's the sort of game that Liverpool might win that game 3-2, but Lukaku gets two goals. So I feel good about Lukaku. Whereas I look at Harry Kane, 
He was on the bench last week. He still might be on the bench this week just because of fitness concerns, but he's going to start sooner rather than later. So I would not be surprised if FPL players here watching the show are looking towards him now and thinking that he's going to be one of their premium players because he does get goals, assists, man of the match awards, and he's going to be Tottenham's main man again. You know, if Tottenham do anything in the top six this year, Harry Kane will get all of those points. And then you've got to think about, do I put Sun with him? And I think they're such a, good, a great duo. They're probably the best duo outside of, say, Salah and Mane over the past three or four seasons. Salah and Mane yeah, being incredible, incredible premium options. Sun's now, I think, up to, to 10 million, I think, on his value. Uh, it's it's a way of bu- buying two players from one club that do all of the good stuff. And if you get the good stuff, that means you're going to get points. Yeah, it's a really tough one. I think a lot of players will wait and see how Kane actually does react. I mean, you, you, hear, you hear from Gary Neville, he's a saint, you know, all of this sort of stuff. He'll be disappointed. He wanted to leave. There's no doubt about it. You know, the question is, how is he going to... How is he going to adjust? How is he going to put his head down? How is he going to be? What's his attitude going to be like? I'm sure he'll be fine, but I think it's just a bit of an adjustment. I, I wouldn't be taking a punt on him yet. But you're looking at his goals and assists here as well. I mean, you're looking at it, obviously, those peak seasons under Pochettino where he was absolutely flying 29 goals consecutively. And then, obviously, he's had a little bit of a dip, the injury seasons. He had 23, but most assists he's ever had in yeah. the season, Premier League season. 14 is astonishing for a number nine. Astonishing. Yeah. And you're looking at that and you're thinking... That's that's differential, isn't it? That's why he is he is valued at twelve and a half million or whatever it is because of the fact that he's not just going to get you goals, he's going to get you assists. He's also going to be on penalties, Rob. But I don't see Spurs scoring a lot of goals. I think they'll be quite strong defensively. You, we saw with Wolves, they were difficult to break down under Nuno, but they didn't score a lot of goals, did they? It was a lot of one nils, two ones, two nil victories. So that's in my mind. I'm thinking, okay, if Spurs do score, it might be Son and Kane. But how many yeah. goals are they realistically going to get? I think an interesting player, I mean, he took the penalty this week, Deli Ali. He's playing a bit more of a box-to-box role. But yeah. like, could he be a differential, do you think? Or no, he's playing a little bit too deep for him to be in contention for, as an FPL pick? No, no, I think he is. And, and I don't think it's too much of a bother about wh- which part of the pitch he's playing in. Because, again, he's one of those players that from set pieces, he might get you the odd goal. He's going to get involved. He does. He, he's a player that strides forward with the ball as well. So he will get assists in those manner. And it doesn't really matter if he's playing a little bit deeper because that's the Nuno way. It was harder for Deli Ali to play Mourinho's style of football because, let's be honest, it just wasn't a very nice style of football to play. You know, it hurt him. It hurt his kind of talent. Um but I think with Son, I think with Son and with Kane, neither of them are risks if they're starting. So what we're saying at the moment is that Harry Kane might not start. He probably will. He's almost ready. And I wouldn't be surprised that again, the minute he starts, it, he'll be banging in goals. But FBL players have to decide whether they're willing to burn other avenues to accommodate Harry Kane, because that's the big question. And for me at the moment, with Harry Kane being almost a million pound more than Romelu Lukaku, do I think that he'll get a million pound more worth of goals and assists for me? No, I think Lukaku's got it all built around him. I think he's going to get players are going to going to feed him. And you saw what he did against Arsenal, and I think against Liverpool, he'll be very motivated to show that he's the player that that went and won Inter Milan the title in Italy. So. For me, Lukaku is the striker at the moment. I actually, just as a, as a footnote to that, I had Tony in my team for Brentford and Brentford have got a nice run of fixtures going and it was a bit of a decision for me because obviously he's 6.5 million and and I think he'll score goals. I think he will get goals for, for Brentford in the coming weeks, but he was the sacrifice because you cannot get rid of Antonio at the moment. He's too way, way too good. And I know a few of the, the commenters there were talking about Danny Ings and, and choosing other players. I mean, Danny Ings at Aston Villa, he's going to be the point of the attack like he was at Southampton. And yeah. even when they play poorly, he's probably going to get a, a goal. They, they had a penalty last week and they gave it to El Ghazi and I was mortified. I was like, why are you giving that to El Ghazi? Now, he is their main penalty taker, but I want Danny Ings to take penalties for obvious reasons. Um, but he's still going to score plenty of goals and he'll get the odd assist as well. Absolutely, Rob. And look, let's let's sort of wrap up here. And um, look, we've had a look at the game week. Uh, what's your little, or sorry, little, should I say, big tip for this week? Um, what would you be saying uh, people should be doing? It's if you've saved those two transfers, as we kind of alluded to earlier on, this is a an important week to decide about premiums. So we've talked in depth today about the real premium options for uh, for FPL players, and like I said in game week one. Don't go with your favourites. 
look at the fixture list, work your way through it over two, three, four, five, six weeks and, and sniff out the opportunities. So I think with Bruno, I think United have got a nice run for the first seven games. So people want to stick with Bruno. No problem with that. You know, Bruno Fernandes is an elite player, scores lots of points, gets goals, assists, takes penalties. So if you want to stick with that, stick with it. But you're going to get weeks like last week happen now and then where if United don't perform, then Bruno Fernandes is not going to score points. And there's going to be a lot of points hemorrhaging in other parts of FPL that you haven't bought into simply because you prefer a pick. Look at it a little bit more scientifically. Go for it and feel for it that way. And I just think Lukaku, for me, I think Lukaku is going to be the player of the year for, for FPL. I just I just got that feeling. I think Chelsea will have a title run. Um, he's going to be in the mix. And it's, it's about staying fit, isn't he? If he stays fit, the whole team, the whole attack is built around Romelu Lukaku. You know, get him the ball in the box and he's going to score goals. You see it. His, his goal record is absolutely horrendous and as Manchester United fans yes you know he, he might not have done it in the two years that he was at Old Trafford to into a deeper extent but even then he was showing returns in a kind of poor failing United side and now he's in a Chelsea team that looks like it's pretty exciting that they're going to be on some kind of title run he's going to be the fulcrum of that attack yeah absolutely I completely agree with that and I think uh, there was a comment saying you know I don't have any Liverpool and Man City players I can't remember who it was by and that's one of my things I'm saying look it's it doesn't matter that you have a no. it, having that mentality going into into this game it doesn't work you know it doesn't mean you support Liverpool doesn't mean you want Liverpool to win or score it, it's a game it's a bit of fun um, I think you know that that mentality I just never understand to be honest mate it's a game and it's a bit of fun. And it's it's about whether football fans know their football. That's what it's about. It's not a, a game of favouritism. You could put your your favourite three players from your favourite club in there all the time. And I know lots of people do that. And you can get away with that. No, no issue with that. But look a little bit deeper and you can kind of find a way. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, look, you can see the code across from bottom. It's 2RG, 2DX. I mean, it's a massive, massive league. I don't even know how many people they're in. It's over a thousand, over a thousand people. I'm probably in the bottom, the bottom 5% right now. I'm having an absolute shocker, but I'll be moving my way up the league. No problems at all. Rob, thanks for joining me, guys. Make sure you do check out the Masterclass. That'll be live on Sunday. So for the, for the away games, because Rob won't go to those. He goes to the home games. We'll actually be doing them live straight after kickoff. So make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.